Welcome to a podcast where Alan sings. Oh, God, no. That can't <laughs> be the intro. Let it go. Let it go. Don't hold me back anymore. Let it go. Please. Okay. Okay. I'm on my app right now and I am unsubscribing. No longer subscribe. <laughs> Hello, everyone, and welcome back to another wonderful episode of Make Believe Heroes, an actual play, 5th edition, Dungeons & Dragons adventure. I'm your host, Paul, and also I'm the Dungeon Master. Have I mentioned that before? No. No. I'm joined today by two friends of mine and Adina Manziel. Hey, guys. (laughs) It's Jeremy, and I play Saul. I'm Jeffrey, and I play Kjorg. I'm Alan, and I play Brackle. So, is everyone doing well this morning? I didn't sleep. Uh, after dude levitated, I haven't... No. No. And no. No. We're about to get into some weird stuff. Levitated? You were there, Alan. Oh. Oh, in the game. <laughs> I thought you meant in real life. Yeah, I was like, true. what's happening in IRL like, over there? What has happened? Have I missed, have I missed something... I saw your Valentine's skull. Who knows what kind of weird rituals you got into. Hey, this weird stuff goes on in my house, man. Yeah. Okay, let's not go any deeper into that. I'm going to roll a giant d20 and never ask any of you how you're doing again. Okay, uh, here we go. <laughs> giant blue d20. I'll roll a two. <laughs> Good. That's a, that's a really bad that's number. That's a great number. That's a great number. You did great. Uh, I just rolled a four, so geez. I beat you. Okay. Yes, that's it. That's the end of the season. Let's give everyone a short recap of what happened last time on Make Believe Heroes. When we last saw our heroes, they were levitated. <laughs> okay, so last time the three of you, Kjorg, Saul, and Brackle, set up an ambush somewhere north of the rebel base of the Anorians, as Aronis has been calling them. Where's the rebel base? And you all set up this ambush for some of the alleged members of Braxton Tarek's crew that were coming through with a shipment heading to Branshire. Kjorg stood in the middle of the road and confronted them, which resulted in combat. Nice. It was an interesting fight. There was a guy casting some crazy spells, summoning weird little devils. Uh, There was a really big, strong guy covered in armor head to foot. He gave you guys a real run for your money. And then there was Brackle. That's me. Hiding in the trees. Up in a tree. K I S S I N G S. He was uh, raining arrows down from above and taking a grand total of zero points of damage. It's all about them tactics. Thanks, buddy. Thanks, man. Meanwhile, Saul was bleeding out on the ground, dying. Kjorg somehow managed to stay up. I'm, uh-huh. not, I'm really still not sure. It was it was impressive. And in the end, you all defeated these ne'er do wellers. Nice. And then, as you are wont to do, Saul, as he was cutting the ears off of enemies, and you all went to the cart to, you know, check out the loot, if you will, the cargo, you found a number of different things inside. There was a really good healing potion. There was also this strange oil of sharpening that York may or may not understand due to Saul's (laughs) manipulation. (laughs) Was it essential? Yes. 
peppermint. There was also a uh, a note. <laughs> there was a note, and this note that you all received was obviously for Braxton Tarek, and it read, "We have received your message. One hundred of our men will arrive on the final night of the festival as requested. We will send everything that is needed for the ritual. Signed, what was chained will be unleashed." Mm. That's a weird name for a dude. You should never say that again. <laughs> Our group was unsure about what this meant, and after reading it out loud, one of the enemies that they had killed, who was dead previously, raised from the dead and began levitating, and things got real weird real fast. They attacked him, he fell back down dead, but obviously there is something wrong about these words. What was chained will be unleashed. Brackle's been saying them to random trees and dead animals to see what would happen. So far, nothing has happened. But we begin with you all there beside the road. Brackle doing quite well, uh, but after some healing, Saul is back up on his feet, but still pretty bloody. Georg, you are feeling pretty rough as well. What do you do? Get off the road. Brackle, if you stay up in a tree like that again, I'll kill you myself. I thought it worked out pretty well for us. It, it did for you. <laughs> I mean, if I'd been down there, I would have been like what you are. You should have climbed the tree. <laughs> I think we have bigger problems than Brax and Tarek. We need to get back. <clears throat> Never heard of it. Jorg. <clears throat> Jorg. <clears throat> uh, is, are there still horses? Are there still horses? Yeah, for sure. You guys have horses that you left a little ways off of the road that you rode there. You also have the horses from this cart. I mean, you can decide what you want to do with that. If you want to take the whole cart and the horses, probably. However you want to handle that. Can we put the cart before the horse? Probably not. Let's do it. I th- I think we need to get back and let them know about whatever this is. Yeah. Yeah, let's do that. Rackle says chipperly. I falafel. Chipperly. Say what, Kjorg? I falafel. You falafel? She, he, falafel. He feels awful. <laughs> <coughs> Um, Georg, would you would you like a cigar? Maybe it'll help. <laughs> yeah, let's let's see how that works. Uh, Saul pulls out two cigars, lights his own. You know, takes a big draw. Is this a healing? Okay. Gives yes, he gives it to Georg. Uh, Here you go, Georg. Okay, you you like the end, and you inhale on the other side. Georg puts it in his mouth with the with the lit part in his mouth. <laughs> oh my gosh! No. Of course he does. No, no, no. It hurts. The other way, the other way, the other way. <laughs> you did it backwards. You did it backwards. Turn it around. <laughs> now, like this. And breathe in. And breathe in. <laughs> 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 this is ridiculous. <laughs> I don't think it's working. Oh, it's working. You'll learn over time, Kjorg. I don't think I want any more of this. Let's get this cart and get back. Brackle, have you ever... Have you ever heard of what's been what's been chained? Is that something you should probably not say that out loud again? It doesn't ring a bell. It does rattle a chain though? Never, <laughs> never in Manumi. What is it? Some sort of demon? Maybe it's a greater devil. But I know all the devils, and I've never, I've never encountered anything like that. Just the words. <sighs> they say that words are powerful. I guess. You dingus. Salt kills him. <laughs> 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 what is this? What is this? What's See, the problem? What I- a word led to my death. How powerful they are. It's very powerful. <laughs> so are you all going to take the cart and the horses from your enemies and take that back? 
let's put the horses on the cart and leave. Do you leave the bodies of your enemies or do you take them with you? I say <sighs> we burn them. Burn them. Mm. Saul's already took some ears. Yeah. And Saul wouldn't care about bodies, so if somebody else is going to talk about bodies, that'd be one of them too, because Saul would just be like, whatever. Sure. I wouldn't care either. Okay, so no one cares, so you leave the bodies. <laughs> we should at least hide them, at the very least, not just leave these out here. Hide them? Yeah, just find some brush and dump them in there. Saul grabs one and starts dragging it and throw it on the, the cart. Road. On the cart? Yes. If we're taking the cart, we might as well take them. No, are mm. you stupid? These will make for good eating later. Oh, sick. oh, okay. No, I don't do that. Um, no. You all mount up onto the cart and the horses, and you head back across the rolling hills south toward the base. Right. So you're riding along. On the way here, you had to take a sort of, you know, a more difficult path because you were trying to stay incognito away from the road. But here, you're able to travel. A very similar path to the one that would have brought you in had you traveled straight from Branshire. So you ride along, you ride along, you come back eventually to that uh, same point where the trees pinch together and make a small path leading deep into this small forest where you guys know you head in and you find the base with the high walls and all of that, right? The Drake Fields. Is there anything that needs to be discussed or said on the way? No. Why are we still here? Saul just had the one question about had anybody heard about it before. Just to suffer. Okay, so after a time, you guys make your way back, and you come rolling back into the base with the cart. It's late. Probably, I would guess, around midnight. You all made it to the ambush point, I want to say, not long after dark. can't remember exactly the exact time frame of that, but it's, it's late now, regardless, and everything has started to quiet down. There's still a few people milling about, you know, keeping watch, practicing with their weapons and things like that. But for the most part, it's pretty quiet on the base. So you guys come rolling in. Where do you go? Um, who's driving the cart? That's a good question. Who's driving the cart? Brackle. Which one of you has vehicle proficiency? Let me check my calendar or my character sheet. I know Kjorg has vehicle proficiency. Kjorg has one hit point. Yeah, we're pretty beat up. I can drive. But I'm not saying it's not going to be the best. Brackle's driving. I forgot. Brackle can play the flute, okay. so he's doing that. <laughs> <laughs> That's one of his proficiencies. Uh, the dead guy that was levitating is driving, and uh, <laughs> you all just found yourselves in hell. So there you go. You're at home, Saul. <laughs> Yay. <laughs> no. Uh, Brackle, are you driving? You driving, Brackle? I don't have vehicle proficiency, but I do have... You can, it's, Kjorg, I know that you have vehicle proficiency. I'm driving the cart. Thank you. It took us four minutes for you to say that. Is it stick? I can't drive it if it's a stick. <laughs> Me neither. Kjorg's driving the, the cart. So it's, Saul, Saul's sitting next to him on the bench, and uh, Kjorg, uh, take us take us towards the stables so we can find someone to harvest this meat, and then we go straight to the house. Okay... You look a little rough. Yeah. Saul is still talking about harvesting people meat for food. Uh, that's awesome. <laughs> you guys ride toward the barn? Yep. Let's ride toward the barn. This is also, you You guys know it's the barracks, right? It's the, yep. the barn that has been mm, enlarged by magical means inside. And is the barnics. It's holding the, uh, yes, the barnics. It's holding the barnics. Wow. 
the uh, the forces, the small army that they have built up here at the resistance. As you're approaching the barn, it's quiet, it's not raining, it's a clear night. And approaching the barn, you see two figures standing outside in front of the doors, which are closed, talking. One a taller figure and one a quite short figure. As you get closer, you can see that it is actually Doran, the captain, I guess you could say, of this resistance, the halfling that you guys met just yesterday, and Aranus, the high elf that's working with them as well. Uranus. Yes. Again. So it's Uranus, and who is the first one? Sorry. Uranus. It's not Uranus. It never has been. It's not Uranus <laughs> or Uranus. It's Uranus. <laughs> sure. Are you sure? <laughs> yes. You guys see Uranus and Doran standing at the door as you approach. As you're riding up, Uranus turns towards you and sees you all coming. Oh, I see you have returned. How fed your journey? Uh, Saul flicks some blood on him <laughs> as he walks by. He hops down, flicks some blood on him, and he, Hello, Dawn. We've come back from our mission. There's some meat in the back of this cart. needs unloaded. Uh. <laughs> oh, Jesus. <laughs> uh, this, this corpse here... It talked to us before. Okay, we need to see. Let's do this good, please. It said things. Hello, Uranus. <laughs> we can't make the same joke every time he shows up. Whoa, it's so nice to see you, Uranus. <laughs> okay. All right. Let's take a breath. Okay. So you wrote up and you said there's meat in the back. Doran says. Uh, wait. Um, did what do you mean? There's meat. Did you all? Well, bodies. Kill one of the horses. What's? Oh no. Bodies says Aranus. Some of Braxton's people. Okay, look. I'm I'm receiving. This one can talk. Saul goes to the back of the cart, grabs somebody by the ankle, drags a body out. Thulp, drags it around the side of the cart. Oh goodness. Um, are these? I brought one for you, Uranus. <laughs> Aranus, <laughs> I don't know how many times I have told you. I suppose these are the uh, agents of Braxton Torek that you all met on the road? I need to speak to the lady Brianna. Brianna. Yes, where's Brianna? Banana? <laughs> I'm sorry. I'm sorry. <laughs> I meant to say Brianna. And even after I said Brianna, I was like, uh. Paul took his glasses off. <laughs> He's Paul gone. Left. <laughs> I thought about just leaving, but I did. So I just getting up and shutting everything down, just walking away. My face hurts. Okay, Brianna. Okay, we need to speak to the lady Brianna. Why exactly is that? It is quite late. She is sleeping. Can it not wait until the morning? Saul, like halfway through his sentence, turns and starts walking towards the big house, carrying the body. Yeah, just dragging one behind him. <laughs> no, 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 stop, Saul. Keep, no, wait, just explain yourselves. The lady is sleeping. Explain, what is the situation? I will. It's very important. You don't understand. There's something worse than Braxton. We have to speak to her now. What do you mean, and something? He just keeps, he's dragging the body, just like nonchalantly towards the house. I look at her honestly and say, listen, 
Have you seen that episode of Game of Thrones where they dump the skeleton and it runs at Cersei? That's what's about to happen here. I, I don't understand. Listen, can we please just talk like civilized adults for a moment? You should come with us then. What's been chained is they're trying to unchain it. Yeah, that one. Come on, Kjorg. I, you are all just saying gibberish and telling me nothing. You're gibberish. Come with us. You're dragging a dead body across the yard toward the house where the lady is sleeping. What? I grab the other two dead bodies and put them <laughs> over my shoulders and start running towards the house. <laughs> oh, God. I grab a live body and just start dragging it. <laughs> <laughs> there are no... Doran? I mean, he's standing there. <laughs> you pick up Doran. Come here, little dwarf. He's a, exactly. Half, he's half, he's a, you started to say Hobbit. He said dwarf anyway. Aronis yeah. looks at Doran, who is standing there, and Doran just looks up at him with his dumbfounded look on his face, and he says, I guess follow them, and they just start walking toward the house. Brackle, are you going toward the house? Uh, I follow them. Yeah, I'm like I I keep trying to look at them and say, okay, hey, you know this this is important. It makes sense. Bad things are happening. I think it's important. Okay, <sighs> and you all make your way toward the house. Please, do you take the bodies in the house? Um, maybe not. So the t- the tick some see Misk isn't here anymore. Yeah. So moral compass. His hey, it's not normal just to to drag the corpse into the house person is not there over his shoulder to tell him that. So if nobody does, it's just Saul dragging a corpse up the steps into the front door of this house. Yeah, and I thought it was kind of important because he was doing it, so I've got to do it too, right? Sweet God. Okay. Saul has no moral compass, and Kjorg's an idiot, and Brackle's not going to say anything. (laughs) Brackle's just trying to, just being like, this is happening. He's done. <laughs> He's like, guys, something crazy did happen. Uh, let's just let's just do this. You know, I I'm too tired you, to not. Okay, okay. You all come up on the house. You go up the steps. Saul, you are thump 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 dragging a dead body up the steps into the house. An earless dead body. Kjorg carries two over his shoulders <laughs> into the house. Oranis sees you all going in. He's like, wait, wait. And he is running to catch up with you. He follows you into the house and he just stands there. <laughs> and he looks at you with his mouth hanging open. And he says, take these corpses outside of this house, please. Listen, peasant. I need to speak to the Lady Brianna. Yes, Uranus. And I throw the corpses out the door. I will not be... <laughs> you're absolute psychopaths all of you <laughs> thank you Kjorg Saul I will not be summoning the lady until you have removed this shocking earless corpse from the den of this home before John Varig returns the stomaturgy let my voice get louder <laughs> Maybe. Why? I'm checking. Oh, because I'm going to use it. Okay. If it works like that. I'm just, I'm trying to find it right now. Jorg thought maybe there was a reason he was carrying the corpses, so I think he kind of realized now. So I'm just going to grab the corpse that Saul is holding and throw it out the door, too. <laughs> mm-hmm. Wait, Jorg. Okay. We need to show that, too. You grab the corpse, thank God, <laughs> and you throw it. I, I kind of kick it. 
like a punted. You pun- okay, you pawn a dead body. This is this is very <laughs> awesome. Thank you for this. This is our this is our greatest moment. Uh, okay, so the corpses are gone. Ronis brings his hands up to his face. He rubs his eyes. He says, "Please have a seat. I shall go and awake the lady, and we, we will need to." I will try to find Zon. I, I don't think he's here, and I haven't seen John Verig yet. I'll see if he is in his quarters. Just wait here, please. I don't know what this is about, but it had best be very, very important. Um, Brackle, I think Jor could use some attention if you got any more of that that spell you used. Yes, please. I think you're actually all out. Great. Mm, delicious. Uh, I'm tapped out. I can't. Until I rest, I, I don't. I don't magic no more. Mm. I don't magic no more. I'll just go okay. on with this. I need Misk. She's not here. Jorg, we're gonna have to get some potions for you to carry around. Yeah, potions. Mm. Okay. A few moments pass. Aronis steps upstairs to go and retrieve the Lady Brianna, and uh, a few minutes later, the door, the front door, opens behind you all. And standing there in the doorway is the older gentleman, the owner of this house and the Drake farm that you all are staying on, John Varig. And he says, what in the world is going on here? There are three dead men laying on the ground in front of my porch with their ears cut off. <laughs> what? What? Ha- the ears made a nice addition to my collection <laughs> people look so closely at the ears i figured y'all be so shocked that you just would walk on by i had to step over them they're on the steps they're you will understand the gravity of what we have to say when the lady brianna is here okay the door opens again behind him and zon steps in can someone explain to me why there are three dead bodies outside on the porch with their ears cut off <laughs> because <laughs> Does Kyorg start laughing because Saul would? Yes. <laughs> Saul grins through his lit cigar. Those are a few of that we killed on our mission, but we have news. There's a reason they're here. Okay. They might levitate and speak to you. All right. Where is Aranis? He'll probably need to be here for this. About that time, Aranis comes walking down the stairs, uh, the Lady Brianna behind him. Still dressed in full riding leather garb, ready to go at any moment. He comes down. He says, oh, Zon, I see that you've finally returned. And John as well. Thank the gods. Could you two, please, perhaps, or even the lady, get something resembling information out of these three fools, please? I have been trying and failing to ascertain anything about what occurred on their mission. All that we have are three dead bodies. Silence, peasant. <sighs> Lady Brianna, I've brought a message for you. Come here with me, please. And he like extends his hand, see if she'll take it. She looks over toward Aranis and Zahn, just a little bit, you know, nervous. I mean, this is a strange situation. And she steps forward and she reaches a hand forth. Okay, Saul, uh, what, what sort of message do you have for me? Well, come with this devil out into the night and I will show you. And he walks like he's going to go out on the porch. Okay, everyone sort of walks towards you and follows you to the door. Okay. You step out onto the porch? He, he basically, he wants to get everybody out on the porch, yep. Okay. Uh, my lady, perhaps you'll read this message and, and maybe it'll trigger one of these here to, uh, to tell you what we saw. 
And when he says one of these here, he like waves his hand over the corpses. I don't want to kill him a third time. She looks genuinely shocked at the visage of three mangled bodies at the foot of the steps. (laughs) I mean, their ears are already on Saul's belt. Oh my goodness. (laughs) What, what happened? Are these Braxton's men? They're trophies. Yes. Braxton's men. Trophies. Uh, Here, this message, read it. We found this in their cart. She takes the note, but she looks like she might be (laughs) sick. She's obviously never seen anything this graphic before. She takes the note in her hands, and there's not a whole lot of light where you guys are standing, but there's candlelight spilling from inside, and so she holds it up where she can see, and she begins to read the note. Does she read it out loud? She First, she reads it silently. She's reading it silently, and you all can just kind of see your eyes trailing over it. A hundred men? They're going to bring a hundred men? Is this... What's happening? Are they, are they summoning an army to Branshire? Oh, that's bad. That's the sound of it. It appears that way, but there's worse news than that. What worse news could there be? When we first killed these men, it's like one of them didn't die like he should. He rose from the ground, maybe three feet, and he said something. I don't understand. He said, what was chained will be unleashed. Oh. And Saul, like, looks expectantly at the corpses when he says it. I give my mace out. Okay. As you say those words out loud, the candlelight coming from the inside flutters down and dims, and you hear a stirring sound, and you look, and all three of these murdered corpses lying at the foot of the steps begin to shamble upward onto their legs. I, I jump and swing my mace straight down at him. <laughs> okay, Kjord, you... <laughs> wait, ahead, wait, roll me a d20. Let's wait. see how this goes. It's too late. He's mid-air. <laughs> He's mid-air. At still kill one. Uh, roll me a d20. <laughs> he rolled a nat 20. He rolled a natural one. <laughs> oh, boy. Oh, God. Kjord, right. you <laughs> jump and... As you do, you pull some of the like healed wounds that aren't fully healed on your gut, and you have a sharp pain from your wounds. And mid air, you you faint, you pass out, <laughs> you just pass out. You oh, land on top no. of these guys as they're trying to get up, but you're just oh. like unconscious. <laughs> Everyone freaks out and reacts. Aranis immediately launches a firebolt toward one of them. Zahn draws a sword rushing forward and just swipes across them. Wait, you fools. Listen. Listen to them. Let them speak. Before anything can happen, they are slashed once again and they fall limp again onto the ground. And Brianna is backing up into the doorway with both hands over her mouth in shock and John Varig looks a little pale. What did we just see? Hello, everyone. Welcome back to another episode of Make Believe Heroes. Hope that you guys have been enjoying this one so far. I do want to take just a quick moment and give everyone an update. First, I'm sorry that we weren't able to get an episode out last week. When we began this show, we did so with a strict rule 
that we did not want to just leave people hanging. We did not want to be inconsistent. We wanted to consistently have episodes ready so that you guys can count on us on a weekly basis to have a new episode waiting in your feed on Monday mornings. That being said, uh, life came at me specifically pretty fast last week. My parents, along with my daughter, uh, Peyton, were in an accident uh, Thursday evening. And while my daughter is perfectly fine, no injuries, not a scratch on her. And my dad was also without any serious injuries. Unfortunately, my mother was hurt pretty seriously uh, in the accident. It was, a, it was a terrible accident. She has suffered many broken bones. Uh, she's had multiple surgeries. She has been in the hospital now for a week. But we're hoping that she'll be released soon. I would like to thank God that uh, everything is okay. She survived. There uh, weren't any mortal injuries that she sustained, and I'm thankful for God's protection and his healing hand. And I'd also like to thank all of the well wishes and prayers that we've received from all of our fans. This is a show about having fun, and it's meant to be sort of an escape. So I know that it can be kind of jarring when real life interjects right into the middle of something like this, which is... At its core, an hourly show where me and my friends get on, crack jokes, and play make-believe. I mean, it's right in the name, Make-Believe Heroes. So amidst all of these difficult times, I would like to say thank you to all the fans that sent us emails, contacted us on Twitter, Facebook, etc. to uh, let us know that they were praying and that we were in your thoughts. We really do appreciate that, and um, I'm glad that you're all here, glad that you're sticking with us, and hopefully now we will be back on schedule going forward. So that's enough about that. Uh, My mom's doing well. She'll be home hopefully soon. She is looking at a long recovery with, uh, with two broken legs and some more broken bones and injuries, but we're thankful that she is alive and doing well, and she'll be home soon. So thank you again to everyone. Now let's talk about Make Believe Heroes. First, I'd like to thank our sponsor, Dice Envy, for always being here for us to fulfill all of our DICE needs. If you've not been to DiceMB.com to check out their amazing selection or to get in on one of their sweet DICE subscription boxes, you should go and you should do that. And when you do, you can use the code HEROES to get 10% off of that order. Dice Envy has a numerous selection of acrylic dice, metal dice, even some wooden dice, and I hear they're getting into some more gaming material, so you should go over there and check that out, definitely. Also, check out their blog. I actually wrote a post for them a couple months ago, and I may have some more going on sometime soon. We'll see, but you should definitely check out their blog. They always feature great other D&D podcasts, as well as some cool D&D topics that they discuss on there. So check it out at DiceEnvy.com. Give them your patronage. Order some dice for your table. And of course, if you want to get in on some of the awesome music and sound effects that we use, much of what we use for our show when we're editing it comes from BattleBards.com. They have sword fighting sound effects, spell effects, backdrops and soundscapes and music, anything that you could need. They even have like uh, speaking tracks and other fake languages from D&D, draconic and elvish and dwarvish, things like that. So go and check that out. Use the code MBHPODCAST to get 15% off of a BattleBards Prime subscription, which gives you access to tons and tons and tons of audio. So, per the use, I would like to say thank you 
to one of our fans that has gone out of their way to go on to iTunes and leave us one of those five-star reviews. Not only does that let us know that you love us, but also helps us on iTunes to get noticed. I would like to say thank you and woot woot because we have over a hundred five-star reviews and that's just awesome, guys. I know a lot of shows that have, it seems like they have way more followers and listeners than us. I know they have more followers on Twitter. Our Twitter's pretty small potatoes that have significantly fewer reviews on iTunes. So I want to say thank you to each of you that's gone out of your way to do that. And to show my appreciation, I'm going to read two new reviews today. First one comes from fan of the show, Cuz I'm Tim Douglas, entitled, This is My New Favorite Podcast. The cast is classic and diverse in character with comedy and an in-depth adventure that keeps you wanting more. Kind of like if you're starving after a diet. My favorite thing is the role play and the way it makes you anticipate how the action will be. I'm hooked on it already like if I started meth. LOL. That LOL was from the review, which I assume means that you're not on meth. Hey kids, don't do meth. But anyhow, thank you for the encouragement, the comments, and the five-star review. Thank you. The next review comes from Saruta, entitled Great D&D Five Stars. Great D&D podcast. The guys have great chemistry together, and they are awesome at role-playing and staying true to character. The storyline keeps you asking for more, and it's family-friendly, which is just the icing on the cake. I agree with the prior comment that if you like Sneak Attack, you will like this podcast. Thanks so much, Saruta. We're a big fan of Sneak Attack. Those guys are really knocking it out of the park over there. And uh, that's, some, that's some, some great company to be placed in. Thank you for the five-star review, and we will try to keep that story and role play going just as we have up to this point. That's enough from me for now. If you haven't written us a five-star review and you want to have your review read on the show, go to iTunes, leave us a five-star review, or go onto the website for Stitcher.com, and you can do so from a browser. You can't do it on the app for some reason, but you can leave us a five-star review on there, and if we see it, we will read it. Also, if you'd like to interact with us, you can always follow us on Twitter at MBH Podcast. You can follow us on Facebook at facebook.com forward slash MBH Podcast. And go to our website, makebelieveheroes.com, to subscribe to our newsletter, which we use to keep our fans updated and also to alert you of new giveaways. Hopefully, we'll have something to announce about that, as well as all the new things we're trying to get into the works soon. My schedule and time has been thrown off a little bit by traveling back and forth to visit my mom in the hospital and doing things like that. And I am going to be pretty busy over the next few weeks with helping to take care of her. But I promise to keep this show coming and to continue work as much as we can to get all that new content coming your way. Thank you all so much for all that you do to help us out. We love you. Now let's get back to episode 19 and these creepy reawakened bodies. Saul is going to keep her there. In my experience, normally that's the work of a lich or a necromancer, but that's something else. And if you'd let them speak, wait, I'll do it again. Let them speak this time. Someone help Kjorg. Someone help Kjorg. Do not do it again. Zahn says, <laughs> Zahn stands up, no, do not say those words again, no. Saul. Nah. Saul narrows his eyes and says, who are you to command me? I'm pretty sure that my sister's not here because we listen to you. Ooh. That's enough, Saul. So how about we hear what the corpses have to say, Zahn? The corpses only have one thing to say. 
And it's the words that you just spoke, something that does not need to be spoken again. Quick. He motions to Aronis. Aronis, please attend to the half-orc. Help Kjorg up. He needs to be in here for this as well. Aronis comes stepping forward and he reaches onto his waist and he has like a small bag. He reaches into it and he pulls out a potion and begins to administer it to Kjorg. As Zahn and John Varig and Brianna and all of them step inside the house. Do the other two of you follow? I follow. Yep. Okay. After I get up, yeah. All right. You regain 15 hit points, Kjorg. Yeah. Kjorg, are you okay? (laughs) (laughs) You jumped a little quick there. You jumped a little quick there. He'll be fine. Please, let's step inside. Let's get to the bottom of this. This is different. I've not seen anything. I've never seen anything shake Zon like that. And Aronis turns and goes inside as well. Stepping inside the door, uh, as you all enter in, Kjorg, you come in last. John shuts the door behind you and just leans against it. Brianna is sitting in one of the sofa chairs, the armchairs off to the right, her face still in her hands, just shaking her head back and forth. Zon, what is happening what is what is this this unnatural thing i've never seen anything like that zon stands there for a second uh looks like he's considering his words very carefully before speaking in all of my time of wandering the wilds and visiting violence upon ne'er-do-wells i've never seen the like there's something it, it, it even shook one from the hills so something bad is at work here i i don't I don't know what this is at Branshire, but it sounds like it's worse than Hot Feet. That could even be possible. Aronis speaks up and he says, I have lived many years and I have seen necromancy more than once. And it is an evil art, but this feels different to me. Zahn looks up and he says, This is different, Aronis. I'm certain that when those six words were spoken, that each of you felt the coldness of them. Yes, I I felt something like I've never felt before. Zahn begins pacing back and forth in the middle of the floor, holding the note in his hands, having taken it from Brianna, reading it again. (sighs) Let's imagine that there are certain things that should never be known that there are specific words that together like this should never be spoken the lamps in the room um, as he's speaking start to they burn just a little brighter it's getting a little bit brighter in this room and, and you all just sort of notice it's not like a shocking thing you just sort of start to notice that it's getting brighter in this room the fire and the hearth is burning brighter the candles burn brighter imagine with me that there was something so crooked, so evil, so wrong, that the world forgot. Seems like the world wouldn't forget something like that. The world forgot it. Was it the evil that caused them to forget, or was it something else that caused them to forget? And what did we forget? What if you never knew it in the first place? And how did you remember? How do you know? Aronis speaks up. Zon, what are you speaking of? This, certainly this is just some evil, nothing. No, Aronis, I'm sorry. It would behoove us all to forget. forget. And as he says, forget, the lights burn 
very, very bright. It is, uh, it's blinding. Saul stands up. You stand up, Saul, and it is blinding. You can't see anything. There's a ringing in your ears, and you can feel the hotness of this light on your skin. And moments pass, you hear a couple of cries out. People are shocked what's happening. And then you're all sitting here, standing here in this room in a circle. Brianna is holding the note in her hands. And none of you remember a thing about what was chained. None of you remember a thing about these bodies levitating. What? Anything like that. Um, why are we here? Brianna reads the note aloud, and it says, We have received your message. One hundred of our men will arrive on the final night of the festival as requested. We will send everything that is needed for the ritual. So, you believe that there are there's a hundred men coming to Branshire to support Braxton Tarek? We have to do something. There's going to be a, a full-scale invasion. Something else has to be happening there. There's got to be a better option. Uh, your troops are not going to be ready to fight fully trained men. Zahn says, no, I, you're right. I don't think that our small contingent of 60 makeshift soldiers can stand against an army of a hundred strong. It's not a great army, but it's enough. I'm not sure that we can take Branshire openly as we had hoped before. Then we must do it covertly. Send us. Let me finally do what I've been meaning to do with Braxton since I learned of what he's done. My dagger thirsts for his blood. Br- Brackle, you, you can't mean murder. It's not murder whenever he's bad. I learned that from ethics. <laughs> <laughs> I agree with Brackle for once. My father always taught me it's one thing to take a life on the battlefield. War is is ugly and it's awful, but sometimes you have to do what is necessary to protect your home. I understand that. But to kill someone in cold blood in, in their sleep, even no matter what they've done, it's just... I didn't say it as sleep. I'll wake him up first. Yes, I want him to see my face. <laughs> Lady Brianna. I want him to know that Branchire is protected. Lady Brianna, I understand your fear of things so ugly, so crass, but I believe that perhaps this is the best option. Braxton is a cancer on this world. He is bringing wickedness into Branchire. He, we believe that he is responsible for the growth of the presence of those such as the hot feet in Branchar. Is that really something that we can just let go unpunished? And two, he's bringing an army. It sounds like he's making Branchar a battlefield. But why would he bring an army? He, do you all think that he, does he know? He may know, but if he doesn't know, he still wants to hold the land. He still wants to use it to his crooked purposes. I can't say for sure, but it sure sounds to me as if he knows something or he's expecting something. I mean, we haven't moved on Braxton. We haven't done anything stopping this these men here, but he can't know just from that that we have a you know something planned. But it sounds from the talk of that note that they're supposed to be there by the final day of the festival, which is when we plan to move on Branshire in the first place. So... Maybe we don't go in. Maybe we don't just slit his throat as we hope. Let, let us investigate. See if we can figure, let's see if we can find Bridget. And 
find out what needs to be done with Braxton. He sent us on this quest to begin with to look for you. We can return and tell him, hey, we couldn't find her. Lie. I have a minus one on deception. One of you other guys should lie. So not a liar. So we go to Braxton, tell him we couldn't find Brianna, that uh, we got set upon by both Hot Feet and other brigands. And we found this. Was it specifically signed towards to Braxton? The note? The note? No. I would say that we just ignore the note, that we don't mention the note to him at all. Well, we, we could do that, but we could also say, it sounds like someone is about to bring an army to Branshire. We thought we needed to bring it to your attention. We need to start preparing. Uh, I I see your plan, Brackle. I think that there's something to what you all are saying. Perhaps you can get in and find out what's going on. But, Lady Brianna, I, I mean... Personally, I believe that if you all get a chance and it comes down to it and you can strike a killing blow, maybe you should. Aranis speaks up. Perhaps you should, um, but you speak of clout. What clout do you have in Branshire? I am Brackle, a watchful servant, a dark knight. I scour the streets. Where's the detonator? Sure. But forgive me, I don't. You don't seem the most charismatic, Brackle. It's true. I have a nine in charisma. I don't care about your stats, Brackle. I'm speaking of the fact that you all speak as if you have an in with Braxton Tarek. What sort of in do you have? <laughs> yes, he loves us. He sent us on this mission. We're supposed to be, which I was already on the mission. He sent us on it, and then what was the other guy's name? Zon. Zon. Send us on the mi- so this is like a triple mission. Yeah. Okay, so you're suggesting that the three of you go to Branshire, you what get in and speak with Braxton Tarek, try and use your influence. Okay, I'm I don't know. Zon speaks up one more time. Silly elf. I think that the three of you do have that connection with Braxton. In spite of the fact that you did not meet with him and do the whole press conference business. Your heroes in Branshire, they're still talking about Kjorg over there and about your valiant workings and saving those people there in the third house. I think maybe this would work. Maybe the three of you do go. Maybe you get in with Braxton. I know it'll work. And maybe if you get the chance, you do strike the killing blow. I want to do it. The sooner we do, the sooner we can get to Brightport. Yes. And we can burn all the hot feet's feet off. In the meantime, I suggest that we continue forth with our intentions. We will prepare our army to go to Branshire. If Braxton tries to use his 100 men to seize the city, take captive anyone, or to just use his military presence to assert martial law or even more authority, then we need to have a force there to protect the people. So we'll continue forward, but you all will go first thing in the morning, and you will try to... Stop this. Try to intervene. John says, we can send a, um, a shipment. I'm supposed to send in a shipment from uh, the farm tomorrow anyway for the last day of the festival. So you all can just travel on that. Uh, it should help you if you have any trouble on the road. Just You're just heading that way. Zahn speaks one more time. I'm going to go with you. We'll travel together to Branshire. And I will see if I can gather some information outside of Braxton's direct influence. And you three can try to 
Use your clout to get to him. We've only got two days. Clout. That sounds like a plan to me. I'm not sure that I trust you traveling with me. Well, you'll just have to learn to trust me, Saul. It's getting late. If we're going to go early in the morning, I suggest that we all get some rest. Brianna stands to her feet. Yes, I I feel very sleepy now for some reason. Quite tired. I, I don't know. It's, something's come over me. I suppose I will go to rest. And she steps forward and she walks over to you, Brackle. She places a hand on your shoulder. Brackle, thank you. Thank you for caring so much about our city. I know that, uh, I know that you'll do the right thing. Thank you, milady, for putting your trust in me. She turns and heads up the stairs. Well, I guess that, uh, I guess that's that. I'll, I'll get some things ready tonight for that shipment of, of, uh, goods for tomorrow and, uh, you all get some rest. Will there be any turnips? Sure, Brackle. There'll be turnips. Yes. As long as there's not peas. And he steps outside. Aronis follows him out the front door, and uh, that leaves just the three of you with Zahn in the room. Zahn turns the three of you, he says. So do you three feel that you are up to this, hopefully, final task? <laughs> of course. Yes. We just need to hurry so I can go save my sister. Yes, I I would feel much more at rest knowing that she were here. I don't know if you recall, Saul, but the only reason that I agreed to include you in this deal was at her ultimatum. Well, perhaps you should stay here and let me show you my own worth. No, I don't want to show you my worth. Saul... I don't trust you. You see, Saul, there is... There is one very specific reason why you three need me. And? What was chained must never be unleashed. And as he says that, all of your memories come flooding back in a flash. You recall reading the note. You recall the dead body levitating and chanting those words. You recall the moment on the front porch. You recall standing here in this room, the lights burning bright everything, and you are fully aware. And Zahn looks at you three. How how do you know about it? How do we stop something like that? Whoa. Why did I just now remember that? Brackle just kind of was like, oh. So, why make us forget and then just bring it back to us? I have decided to put some faith in the three of you. The fact of the matter is, there is darkness in this world. There are things in motion, things that have been happening across the face of Manumi. I've mentioned before that myself, along with Aranis and others, are working across the land trying to turn back this oncoming tide of evil. But I never expected this. Not really. Sure, I had thoughts and fears that this might creep forward, but the fact is I cannot tell you exactly what it is that is threatening this world, but I can tell you that you should fear it. What was chained can never be unleashed. If these agents of darkness succeed in their goal, they will unleash on this world an evil that will wreak havoc, not just on Branshire, not just on humankind and 
the halflings, not just on Fallen Grove and Venthaven and the dwarves deep in Dimmerhold, but all of Manumi, even as far as the Nine Hills. What? Nothing and no one will be safe. And so you three needed to remember, Brackle, for you three need to know what is at stake. You must stop Braxentaric at all costs. So I can kill him then? Yes. That honor, Brackle, will be mine. What if I do it? If Braxen is involved in machinations intended to bring about this evil, then I believe that he will give you no choice but to kill him. If he is summoning an army, I fear that someone is being dishonest with us. Hmm. And I am surprised that I have not already ascertained who that might be. I bet it's Uranus. The fact that it is hidden. It has to be. <laughs> I would look into the elf. Well. Right into Uranus. Uh, Uranus. I mean, you'll have to say his name right sometime. You can't always say Uranus or Uranus. It's Uranus. I can't say for sure. Yes. I will be looking into that while we are in Branchar. Hopefully I can find something. We need to protect ourselves and we need to protect our friends. But you three need to stop Braxentaric. Consider it done. Zon, uh, first of all, how, who are you and how... How can you control a memory so easily? That makes no sense to me. But I I have a question. I, I do need to know. How is it possible that even the devils... Believe in Trimble. That even just, just saying those words is enough to make my blood go cold. I've seen the demons and the devils. I've, I've helped them in their machinations. What... What kind of being has, has this existence? Zahn crosses the room and steps over towards you, Saul, and he places a hand on your shoulder. And when he does, you almost feel as if he is... You know, it's, it's similar to how you felt when Hope and Kel looked into your eyes. You feel your emotions raw and bared before him like he can see directly into your soul. It's probably um, fair to say that Saul is very guarded. Yes. He doesn't often let his true thoughts and true feelings be known. I would agree with that. He's full of crap, right? I mean, everything he says, most of what he lots, says. Lots. It, it, yeah, it's fluff. It's a smokescreen. But. It works. As he, standing here before you, you you feel everything. There's There's no hiding behind your hubris. It's just pure, unadulterated fear. Oh, wow. And he says, Be afraid, Saul. And then he turns around. Saul just locks eyes with him. I, I, don't, I don't know. Saul's just paralyzed. He, just, he, doesn't, he doesn't react, which is very un, not very Saulish. Let's get some rest. We just have a few hours now. I'm going to stay in the barracks tonight. Perhaps you should all do the same. Some rest would would be well. He steps toward the front door and leads you all out into the night. And he takes you all to the Barnix, as Kjorg coined it, where you all 
find a cot mm-hmm. and get some sleep for the night. And that's where we're going to end this episode. Wow. Good um, night. So this has been Make Believe Heroes. How did this dude just make us forget our memories? He's obviously a pretty powerful dude. Yeah, I don't, I don't like this. I don't like him. I don't like it. I don't trust him. That's it for this week. We're getting into some pretty serious business now in the heat of it. It's going to happen. You'll have to tune in next week. Everyone's going to die. To find out. In the meantime, hey, we love you. Thanks for listening. We love you. We will see you next Monday. Goodbye. I can feel it coming in the air next Monday. Oh, Lord. There it is. (laughs) I give up. Is that Adina Menzel? Is she right here? Yeah, she is. Did you hear how how her voice came? Here I stand. Okay. We are That's actively enough. losing listeners. We're, I, I, we're done. That was done. that red line went so far red it shifted into uh what, what's the whatever's after yeah. red. Yeah, I started to say infrared, but that's under red. Uh, our, our Roy G orange. It shifted to orange. The audio, the audio really? became orange. frozen. Okay. Roy G Biff. So Brackle says we need to talk to Ju- Juniper. Brackle makes a a really stupid joke about Juniper and says her name right for the first time ever. That's why it's funny. In a situation where it can't be used. Exactly. Oh my God. Oh, sweet. Okay. Okay. I'm glad we're getting this out now because. (laughs) Oh, God.